0: We're here to look at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Players to add, the trending moves, guys you can drop. It's all coming up. But first, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am selling this podcast to the Adelson family. Don't worry, I'm still going to have control of it, but I'm also not. See you later. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b ball, and on Instagram at LockedonFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Yesterday at the end of the show, I gave a little call-out. So I want to hit 70,000 YouTube subscribers. We've got a few in there. I'm about 1,000 away. So if you are watching this show for the first time, welcome. I hope you like it. I hope you don't mind a little bit of a uh, crass, uh, blunt talk. Hope you don't mind the accent, but hit the subscribe button. I want to hit that 70,000 uh, soon. Before the end of the year, it'll be great. 1,000 to go. If you could hit that, I would love it. I would also love you if you could do that for me. Let's, um, let's talk about the fantasy basketball waiver wire here as I'm recording this on the 30th of November. Yes, I'm in the future. Don't worry, it's still shit. We're going to talk about all of the interesting things that I think that we need to talk about, but let's just go through like we like to start these shows by looking at guys who are available in over 20% of leagues that shouldn't be. We'll start by talking about Herb Jones. Yes, we're going to get CJ McCollum returning today and Trey Murphy returning in like a game and that will have an impact and Herb has slowed down. He was always going to slow down. But a lot of what Herb is doing is not based on usage, touches, or anything. He's shooting better, but it's getting steals and blocks and it's being out there and getting defensive numbers. In a points league, I don't think you need to roster Herb Jones. You can, but you don't need to. But in category leagues, he should be. Keegan Murray's been dropped in a lot of spots. And I get it. He hasn't been good at all. He's really struggled. And I... I'm not the biggest Keegan Murray fan. You know that. I, I think he is totally reasonable as an adequate mid DeAndre Hunter style NBA player. And if you want to know whether that's a compliment or not, let's talk about Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is shooting really poorly at the moment. Now, do I think that there's any, um, Yeah. Oh, we broke the record for most threes as a rookie, Josh? Yes. That doesn't mean that he's an unbelievable knockdown shooter. That That was good. That happened, that doesn't necessarily mean that he is that guy. He has had some transitional problems this season. But I do think that Keegan Murray is 100% a must-roster player, and apparently 21% of leagues disagree. So if Keegan Murray is available, go and add him. Buddy Heald also available in 21% of leagues. Buddy Heald had no business being on a roster for five weeks. Coming off the bench, playing 22 minutes a night outside the top 150. You didn't want to do that. And then they flipped it, and they started him. So now you grab him. If he's on your wire, and he is, go at him. Um, the last three guys here are more specific to category leagues and points leagues. D'Anthony Melton, Bogdan Bogdanovic, and Onyeka Okonwu. Bogdanovic is a points league must roster for now as well. So don't worry about that one. You know my take on Okonwu. I'm not going to go through it. You're going to argue with me. That's fine. He should be rostered. Melton should be rostered. Bogdanovich should be rostered. I don't actually think that the return of Kelly Ubre, which is coming in a game or two as well. We're getting a bunch of guys returning soon. Unfortunately, we just lost Lamello Ball, but a bunch of guys are coming back. I don't think that Oubre returning is going to have a significant impact on Melton. It might be a shot or two, but I don't really think it's going to be a huge impact there. So those six guys in category leagues all should be rostered, and Keegan and Buddy are more focuses there for um, points league formats. But let's look at some the other side of things. Let's look at some players who are rostered in over 60% of leagues who I don't think need to be. Now, can you? Sure. Does it fit your particular build? No problem. But what I want to highlight with these six names is that if they're on your roster, they maybe don't have to be. And you just need to take a good hard look. Because there are sometimes the guys on your roster and you go, oh, things aren't going well. Maybe it's not making sense on my team, but I've got to have this guy. With these guys, I don't think you do. And the number one there is Kavon Looney. Looney will get rebounds, sure. But overall, his game is pretty weak. And when your best category or second best category is turnovers, well, I can get actually a better input by not playing anyone in that position and get zero turnovers. Not not saying that's a viable strategy, of course. But Looney's a one-hit wonder who still doesn't do enough or play enough minutes with enough upside for me to... G- you can absolutely roster Kavon Looney. No problem. Do what you want. I'm not going to interfere in your personal business. That's your It's your business. Whatever, however well you want to run it? But what I'm saying is that if you've got Kavon Looney, please don't think that you have to. You can move on. Same with Bob Portis. It is appearing more and more that he's only going to have value if Giannis or Lopez sits. I thought it would improve his value with Jay Crowder out. Nah. The caveat I will throw out there is that Pat Connaughton is also now injured. So having no Crowder and no Connaughton means that that backup forward position is a little bit limited. But what's Portis's actual upside? It's not super high unless one of the big two guys gets injured. I'm going to throw Rowan Barrett on this list. It seems egregious considering how well he started this season, but we have five years of Rowan Barrett value concerns in our heads versus 10 games of good play. And when the play reverts back and you start losing minutes because they've got a lot of good guards on the bench, this it probably leans more towards 10-team leagues. And in points leagues, you hold Barrett. But in category leagues... I don't think that you need to absolutely anchor Barrett to your roster. He can score okay, but if he's not playing 35 minutes, that's not enough for me to care. He probably needs to score 20 a night for it to make a difference because the rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, threes are all below average, and then he's putrid on both percentages as a usual rule. Although, to be fair, his free throws have improved significantly and they haven't dropped off this season, so I will give him credit for that. But I don't think that Barrett needs to be rostered. Isaiah Stewart, sorry to you, this guy. Um, one of the... Honestly, I, I don't know how to phrase this. Stewart seems like an okay bloke. Um, someone that I hated in the pre-draft process before he entered the draft. Hated, Didn't like him as a player at all. Hated the Pistons picking him. And then as a rookie, he played pretty well. Better than I expected. I went, okay, interesting. And then since then, he's been one of the worst players to me to watch in the NBA. Some of it is his fault. He's lazy, he doesn't try. Mainly... It's Las Vegas resident Troy Weaver's fault for trying to make him into a position that he's not. This man is a backup center. That is all he is. There was some unbelievable clips circling on Twitter today about the Pistons' defense, and it's so much of it is just Stewart. Some of it's Wiseman. We know that. Some of it's also Monty Williams. Maybe not a very good coach. Um, I I could talk about the Pistons forever. I said this about Williams and this coaching thing. I think I did in the offseason that there's got to be some questions about Monty considering Jay Crowder sat out a whole season because he was pissed with Monty and DeAndre Ayton was pissed with Monty. Players coach who two players hate out of 15 guys out of your top six players, not a great look. And secondly, when you have to beg a coach to come and coach your team by giving him the richest contract in history, maybe you're not going to get his full effort. Maybe he's not fully committed to the job. I don't know. There's a possibility of that. Anyway, back to Isaiah Stewart. This man should not be starting on an NBA team. He's not good enough to do it. And for fantasy, he's not up to it either, yet he's still rostered in 62% of leagues. This is a roundabout way of me shoehorning in that Isaiah Stewart is not an NBA uh, starting caliber player, but he's also nowhere near a fantasy guy. And the last one is Contavious Caldwell-Pope, which for points leagues, there's no rationale to roster him in 12 team leagues. Category leagues, it's very borderline to me. He does help in steals. Cool. He can get you some threes. Cool. But he doesn't do anything else. He just does nothing else. Sometimes you'll have these big flash assist games out of nowhere. But overall, his production is such that when you have him on your roster, like, is he your 12th best player? 13th? And that usually means that that player should be cuttable if the right opportunities arise. Today's episode is brought to you by game time tickets, events. Those two things, they go into your head and you go, oh. One of those should be positive, but the other is almost definitely always negative. That's the tickets. Game time acts to rectify that. Don't waste your time with sites that have hidden costs, with difficulty in purchasing tickets, purchasing tickets, and without the great features that Game Time has. Zone deals, one of the best things on there. The all-in pricing, love that. The views from your seat, so you can click a seat and go, "What's it going to look like when I sit here?" Oh my god, this is a perfect seat, and the price is right there. They're not going to lie to me with all these other fees. They're not going to put the Troy Weaver tax on top of it, where you pay $64 million guaranteed for a backup where no one's bidding against you. That's not going to be included in the pricing on Game Time for the tickets. You'd hope not. It would be an expensive ticket. So many things that they have. Lowest price guarantee, the event cancellation protection, job loss protection as well. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem the code L O C K E D O N. NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about the Pistons again, but but I am just for this purpose, right? I know, and I was, as I was reading that ad, it sounded to me in my head, and I was like, hmm, it feels like I'm kicking it a bunch of fans when they're down and their team is terrible, and for that, I apologise. Like that's not what my intent is. When I have a crack at these players or coaches or organizations, usually more coaches and organizations, players can't help their limited skill sets, right? They can improve their effort. That's you, Isaiah Stewart. But they can't help some of the other stuff. When I'm going at these franchises, whether it is the Toronto Raptors, I'm actually not having a go at Raptors fans or Pistons fans or trying to kick you when you're down. I'm trying to bring this stuff with my moderate to small-sized audience into more of a, a, a perspective, the pressure gets put on these franchises to do something better, like to improve. I am, And maybe it is misguided in my sense and it does feel like I'm kicking a fan base when they're down. And I do apologize for that because that's not my intent. It's, too, it's to say, I'm actually with you guys, but I've actually got a louder voice than some people, not everyone, obviously very still very small, but I do have a louder voice. And if I can put any pressure through social media stuff or, or this sort of stuff on these franchises to do things that are better, I think that I think that should be done, but I get that it would come off that I'm kicking your team, and you love your team. I love my teams as well, yeah. You know, and when people in media come out and kick them, I, I do get defensive. I do get it. So maybe I need to just sort of be cautious about what I'm saying there. I'm not mean to kick you with you down. I'm actually trying to be on your side to kick the dickheads that are ruining your franchise right in the urethra. Anyway, let's look at the most added players over the last 48 hours. Number one is the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy, he's up 35%. He's been all right. But that is largely, I believe, because Keegan Murray is out. And Barnes, he's not rostered enough leagues for me to be on the droppable list. But he's the perfect player who would be on that list. Because he does okay. He's mid. He's bad. He's sometimes above mid. The worst shot blocking forward in NBA history is someone that is okay to have, but you don't have to. And he's been added. I'm guessing because Keegan's out. But we don't need to worry about this. The second one we do. Jaden Ivy should be rostered. I have no idea what potentially overrated Coach Monty Williams will do when Boyan Bogdanovic returns. But Ivy is playing well enough at the moment that I don't care. We grab Ivy. We roll what's with what's happening, and then we just adjust as things happen and as the Pistons make another incorrect move. So we add Ivy for sure. And you know, I gave that call out to Ivy to add about a week and a half ago. It's turned out all right so far. One of the other most added players is Reggie Jackson. That is one of the biggest chase moves I've ever seen. Yes, Reggie Jackson went off two days ago when they beat the Clippers. Jamal Murray is going to come back today. So all those 26% of leagues that added him, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed. The top Yahoo ads, Simone Fontecchio with Larry Markin and out at least another couple of games. Fontecchio is probably going to start. I don't love him as a 12-team league guy, but... Getting a starter in as a streamer when you've got streaming spots available, knock yourself out. Cole Anthony, yeah, he should be added obviously everywhere with Markel Fultz apparently in the shadow realm. So I don't know when that's changing. Anthony's on a hot streak. He will cool off, but I actually still think he is 100% overqualified for the role that he's in. And the last one is like Fontecchio, it's Omer Yatsevin, who has started the last two games for the Jazz. They've won both of those games. I do not think this has any hope of sticking long term. It might not even stick today. Walker Kessler might be back starting over Yurt7, and Yurt7 literally might be out of the rotation. I guess the thing you could say is that Kelly Olenek is on the injury report with a questionable tag, so that would mean that Olenek can't play the backup center minutes, even if Walker Kessler does start. I wouldn't have thought that Yurt7 was a 12-team priority, but I get it. He does flash some interesting skills from a fantasy point of view, and the numbers recently have been okay. I just There is no long-term value in that one, nor is there long-term value in Fontecchio. The most drop players... Number one there is Dyson Daniels. The dust buster is gone. Cool. CJ McCollum is back. Absolutely no problem. Murphy's coming back. If you need to move on, getting ahead of that. Even if Daniels has a good game today, you're totally within your rights and it's the right move to do. Jeremy Sohan down 18%. I guess it's because he left last game with a knee injury. Not to say he's been playing well. He hasn't. Do you know he's shooting 37% from three this season? I didn't until I looked at it yesterday. He's actually shooting well. I, the numbers still aren't great, but I wouldn't say he's been terrible. And again, the confidence in him being a starting point guard is low from everyone apart from the mat team, the, the players or the people that matter, and that's the Spurs. So I don't know You should have been wholesale dropped. Kelly Linick down, I get it. Didn't perform well. Kessler's back. Now he's injured. Linnick's probably going to be on and off rosters a lot this season. Some of the biggest drops in Yahoo, Dario Saric down almost 4,000 teams. Draymond back nerfed his value, so we move on there. Karis Levert down 3,500 teams. Yeah, he's turning more into a stream guy now. And the other one is Lonnie Walker. Finally, people are starting to realize. Down 3,000 spots. And yeah, there is no business for Lonnie Walker to be rostered in 12-team formats at this point. Let's look at some hot players. Some top 100 guys over the last week. Number one is Albert Horford. He is 51% rostered now. And this leads me into a great discussion. I will say it again, and I'm going to continue to say it because there are people who don't listen to every part of this show. And that is absolutely... Why would you want to? I barely want to listen to myself. So why would you want to listen to every part of this show? But I will have to say it every show. So those of you who are the everydayers, who listen to it you're going to be like i know i know but not everyone knows the in-season tournament finals are next week next week week seven in the nba every single 30 nba teams play two games i don't care what your schedule says in front of you i don't care take this as 100 gospel tattoo it onto your glands. It is 100% guaranteed every single team plays two games. The schedule will show there are eight teams that only have one game next week. That is because their second game has not been determined because they are the teams in the quarterfinals. The winners of the quarterfinals play their semifinals on Thursday. The losers of the quarterfinals play a game on Friday. That is their second game. It is not scheduled because I don't know who wins those games yet. Well, not me. The schedule makers don't know. Well, maybe they do. It's rigged, WWE. Um... So that is what happens. Every single team has two games for fantasy next week. The two teams that make the in-season tournament final have a third game, but it does not count for fantasy. Next week, there are zero games on Saturday that count for fantasy and zero games on Sunday, full stop. There are two games for every team next week. Two games we played on Monday, two games we played on Tuesday, 11 games we played on Wednesday, Two games we played on Thursday. Thirteen games we played on Friday. A shit unbalanced schedule. So what we want to do in terms of streaming options is look at the eight quarterfinal teams because they will play either Monday or Tuesday, and then if they win, they play on Thursday. So you can get an ex- extra bunch of games. And one of those teams is the Boston Celtics and Al Horford. Now Kristaps Porzingis is probably back for that first quarterfinal game, but it doesn't matter. Because Horford will still play 26 minutes and he's a streamer on a low volume day. The Celtics, the Knicks, the Bucks, and the Pacers. Get your streamers in. Bud Heald, Matherin, TJ McConnell, maybe, but Obi Toppin, Aaron Nismith, Slam and Sammy Hauser, Al Horford, Um, Hart, Quickly, Hartenstein, Barrett, even are the Bucks, Leaky Beasley, Bobby Portis. So when I talk about dropping guys, these are long-term ideas. When we're talking streaming, this is what we've got to focus on for the coming week. Knicks, Bucks, Celtics, Pacers in the West. Suns, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, Drew Eubanks. Lakers, Cam Reddish. Who else is there on that team? Christian Wood. Pelicans, Dyson Daniels. Jordan Hawkins, maybe. Najee Marshall, maybe, but probably not. Um, Kings. Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter. All of these guys have this great streaming value for next week. Some more than others, but we don't know who those some will be because we don't know who will win the quarterfinals on Monday, Tuesday. And I hope that is as comprehensive. And I'll do this in the week seven preview show on the weekend. But that is as comprehensive as I can give you right now to hopefully clear up any confusion around the in-season tournament. Al Horford's been hot. Porzingis has been out. He's been dominating. Add him. Drop him next week. Drop, we'll drop him after next week. I mean, Homie is at 48% roster. Really, really playing well. He's doing so well. There's so much about Huck as as I look at it and I still don't believe it. This is a man for four years shot 32% from three and comes to the NBA and shoots 42 or whatever it is or 41. I mean, sure. Like, really? Probably not, but maybe. I doubt it. I really have doubts about it. But he's rolling at the moment. So you keep rolling with him. Nico Batum. Kelly Oubre coming back will impact him. But I'm not convinced that Ubre starts over Batum. Not to say that Ubre won't play 30 minutes, but I don't know that he starts. Batum has at least 14-team value, maybe 12. Leaky Beasley, good value for him next week as well. He's shooting unbelievably, 47% from three, I think, and almost 60% from two. This man shot under 40% from the field for two consecutive years. There's a lot of this shit that has no chance of holding. But for Leaky at the moment, he's rolling and you roll with him. Kyle Lowry, same as Huckers, with Hero out and with Butler out, Lowry is worth a go. And then we drop him later on. And then Royce O'Neal, the last couple of games from Royce have been unbelievable. I don't buy it for a single second. You can stream him if you want. But that's really as far as I want to go uh, with that with Royce O'Neal. Today's episode is also brought to you by Fanjul Sportsbook. As the weather gets windier or colder, the offers on Fanjul keep you hot and toasty. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Maybe they could offer $150 in bonus bets if you guess which team that I'm going to say you should bet against. Just bet against the bad ones. And then you'll get your $150 in bonus bets. And then with those bonus bets, you can do so many different things. The app on FanDuel is super easy to use. You can look at all the different bet types. It's parlays, it's totals, it's uh, money lines, it's sides, it's player props. Futures as well, NBA champions, in-season tournament champions, in-season tournament MVP. Where do you reckon, LeBron? He had a chance Halliburton. Man, how, how good would it be a Pacers-Pelicans in-season tournament final? Nobody would watch it. Don't care. I would. Anyway, visit FanDuel.com slash On and tip off or finish off the NBA's in-season tournament. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and don't forget to gamble responsibly. all right let us roll through the rest of this waiver wire show now um I just had one of the weirdest and I told you yesterday that my show had this massive issue at home with my uh, thick metal fence falling off my balcony onto my car and smashing it and me having to stand out there in the rain for two hours holding my fence up so it didn't fly down the road and break every car on the street right so that happened and obviously stressful occasion and then in the middle of that ad read I had a sneeze a sneezing fit so I had to pause the show and sneeze and as you sneeze, you know, your whole body gets into it. And that like sneezing motion put this shooting pain all down my arms because I didn't realize how sore my forearms are from holding a fence against gale force winds uh, yesterday. So my arms are like burning just from a sneeze. Am, am I am I on, am, am I washed? Am I on washed watch? I mean, I am. I'm very obviously washed if holding a fence for two hours caused me bodily pain, but that's where we're at. Speaking of injuries, let's look at some injury replacement options at the moment. Al Horford is on that list. While Paul Zinglis is out, he's rolling, plus tournament. Joshie Richardson's playing really well, or or sorry, played really well last game. I did one of those things that I hate when sports commentators and announcers do, when they say, yeah, mate, the team, they're in really good form. This guy's playing really well. And it's been like one game. Like, to me, form, like, it happens in, in AFL all the time, watching the commentators, and the team's lost five in a row, and they come out and win the game before by 20 points. They go, yeah, mate, dogs, it's going to be tough to beat. They're in good form. Mate, we're one and six. We're in good form because you won one game. You might want to string together more than one good performance. Anyway, speaking of Josh Richardson, I'm fired up this morning. Josh Richardson's last game was really good. His other ones, yeah, been all right. But for now, with players out, we can go with it. Um... I snuck Pat Williams in here on the injury replacement board. I could have put him on the next one, but let's just do it here. Zach Levine has a uh, a foot injury. Um, I think he heard it when he like um, I didn't even know what I was gonna say. I was gonna say something that that uh, implied that he was uh, pissing and moaning like a uh, a piss soaked baby because he has been, but apparently he's got a foot injury. And now Demar Derozan has a foot injury. And what's going to happen next? Vooch is going to have a foot injury and Drummond's going to have a free throw injury and Billy Donovan's going to have a hairline injury. I can't talk. But what are we going to do here? This whole team is disgusting. The disgusting brothers. Um, But yeah, Pat Williams' last two games have been good. Get ahead of the trend. If you need to drop him later on, no one cares. I don't know how long Levine is going to be injured for. I don't know how long Levine is going to be on this team. What I do know is that Alex Crusoe's body can't hold up. And Billy Donovan acknowledged that yesterday. He was like, yeah, I don't think I can start him because I can't play him these long stretches in a row. It doesn't work. Okay, fine. So we go back to Williams. Now, he could go out and have four points on two shots next game. And that's all he does for the entire game. But DeRozan injury, Levine injury, Levine trade, DeRozan trade, Vucevic trade, shit team all around. Williams playing better. Get ahead of the curve. You and 69% of other leagues, Giggity, can get ahead of this. And if it doesn't work out, you can, A, number one, come back and comment on every single one of my videos that I told you to pick up Pat Williams, and he sucks. Please do it. doesn't help anything at all. Please do that. Um, But also, you don't lose anything. So just add him. Just add him, yeah? In fact, I think I might put Pat Williams as the bloody thumbnail in this video. I haven't decided yet. It's either him or Isaiah Stewart. Which one should I talk about uh, more? Anyway, Trey Jones. He's 53% rostered. If Sohan does miss, Jones will be the guy. I, again, I don't... Look at Trey... People will talk about on-off numbers, and that is all important. Trey Jones' shooting numbers are absolutely putrid. They're disgusting. He's seen like 24% from three and like 40 from 2 or something. Maybe I'm exaggerating that. They're terrible. He's a good passer, but he is not a cal- starting caliber NBA point guard. But if Sohan is out, we can roll with him. The other one there is the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay. I still like Bay over Hunter from a fantasy perspective. You can roster both of them in 12 team leagues while Jalen Johnson is out, but my priority is still Bogdanovich, Bay Hunter. And the last one is Brandon Miller. Now, I just want to throw this up there because, again, that's just to highlight the Lamello ball injury. You're not adding Ish Smith or Leaky Black. I just wanted to say Leaky Black or Bryce McGowans or Tao Malladon. It is Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. Those five guys pick up the LaMelo ball slack. That is it. Nothing else. So, Brandon Miller is going to be up and down. He has shot the ball decently well, but there's going to be ups and downs in his game, no question about it. But while LaMelo is out, he's a clear 12-team must-roster player. Go and add him. And if any of those other guys are available, go and add them also. Lastly, this will bring us into... Huh, does it bring us into... No. Let me find out where I'm at. All right. Now, that I, I just that's all I'm going to talk about for the main sections of the show. There's just one... A couple of other guys I just do want to quickly mention here. Kobe White and DeAndre Hunter. Now, that usually we're not talking about guys who are rostered in over 60% of leagues for the major part of this show, but both of those guys currently are, and the same... Uh, or Josh, Josh Hart's the other one I want to talk about. Kobe White should be rostered in every league. With all of the stuff that I just mentioned about Levine and the Bulls, White needs to be rostered. DeAndre Hunter, as I just talked about, got that value with Jalen Johnson out. And Josh Hart, I think you grab him for the reason of the in-season tournament. Like Hart is too unpredictable with minutes and production and all that sort of stuff. And it's him and Barrett and Quickly and Grimes and all those guys and DiVincenzo who are back and forward. The exact problem we thought that would happen pre-season has happened. But with that benefit of the in-season tournament, Josh Hart becomes someone that we take a look at and that we add. And that, I think that's going to do it for us today. It is. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.